We'll begin the Gemara today towards the bottom of Chof Beis Amit Beis. We were discussing a set of story here about Rav when he came to Babel on a fast day. So he did not fall on his face like everybody else. And the Gemara gave two pshatim for this. One pshat was because the floor in front of him was made from stone. And you're not allowed to bow down on stone. Another pshat was that a great person is not supposed to fall on his face and daven in a very intense way that people see this only if he's sure that he's going to be answered. Otherwise it could be a chil Hashem if he won't be answered. Those are the two pshatim. So in connection to this, the Gemara brings another few details about uh, bowing and so on. We're holding where it says, About seven, eight lines from the bottom. The term kida that's used in the Teireh is when you fall on your face. So this, this kida is basically done in such a way that a person like, falls on his face and he holds himself up with his thumbs off the ground. And uh, it's not something that is very easy to do. And I can't, uh, <laughs> I'm going to demonstrate it for you obviously now, but this is just uh, <laughs> falling directly on your face. Shenema vatikoid basheva apayim oretz. That basheva tikoid shemun. So this term kida is, is it says in the pasuk regarding her face that her face was to the ground. Kriya, the term that's used kriya, maybe it's translated as kneeling, or huh? well, I don't know what they have there. Yeah, it's al berkayim. It's on a person's knees when you go down on your knees. Bechenu oime mikroya al berkov. He kneels on his on his knees. Ishtachava, the term ishtachava which is a person prostrates himself completely on the floor, when you completely are down on the floor, spreading out your hands and feet. As it says, So this term that Yaakov used, are we going to, by speaking to Yasef, are we going to come to completely artsa? means that they're going to be lie down like on the floor completely. Yeah, prostrate. We had this a few times in the Gemara. The Amira Levi, he demonstrated how Kida is done. Kamei the Rebbe. So in front of Rebbe, he showed how this was done. Ve'itla, and because of this, he hurt himself. And itla, he was uh, limping. So it just shows you how this is not something so easy to do. So the Gemara asks on this, <coughs> Is this the reason why Levi began limping? But we know that there's something else that caused it. A person should never speak sharply to the Ebishter and demand things very strongly. There was a great person referring to Levi. He spoke very sharply to the Ebishter. And because of this, what happened was that he began limping. So Gemara we learned in Tainus. It says there that he was fasting for rain and it didn't rain. So because it didn't rain, so he says to the Abishter, Abishter, where did you go? Your children need rain. Why aren't you bringing them rain? And because he spoke very sharply, so this punishment happened to him. So we see that it was as a punishment. Umana, who's this great person? Levi. So the Gemara answers, Ha, Vaha, Gramale. Two things caused this. It was a punishment, but it's also because of the fact that he demonstrated this. Or as Mepharshim explained, we know that the Satan is Mekatrik Bishas Asakana. So because he had this kitrug upon him, because he spoke very sharply to the Ebishter, when he did something which is dangerous to demonstrate kida, so that was a time where he got punished for this thing. I saw Abayi Verova when they would daven, the matzli atzluye, that they would, they would fall on their face, they wouldn't mamish fall on their face, but they would tilt their face to the side. What this means, some say that they would not prostrate themselves completely and they would just uh, tilt their face to the side when they would fall on their face and others say that they would, but even when they prostrated completely on the floor, but they, but they wouldn't face down to the ground, but they would uh, put their face to the side. 
Huh? They would lean on their side. Le- lean on their side, yes, or tilt themselves. <laughs> Going back to the Mishnah, the Mishnah spoke about the number of aliyahs that there are on different dates. The Yantif, Hamisha, on Yantif you have five aliyahs, be Yom Kippurim, Shisha, on Yom Kippur there's uh, six, and on Shabbos there's seven. And there's another important detail that the Mishnah said that when it comes to Shabbos and Yantif, so the Mishnah says you're not allowed to have less than this number of aliyahs, but you're allowed to add more. Mesifin Aleim. It's not the opinion of Rabbi Shmuel or Rabbi Kiva in the following Braise. The Tanya we learned in the Braise it says, Biyamtiv Khamisha, on Yamtiv there are five aliyas, Biyamakipurim Shisha, on Yamtiv there are six, Ubishabis Shiva, and on Shabbos seven aliyas. But here in the Braise it says that you don't go less than any of these aliyas, you can't add on them. This is Rabbi Shmuel's opinion. So Rabbi Shmuel is saying you cannot add. And Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Kiva says the number is different. B'yam tov chamisha, b'yam kippurim shiva, b'yam kippur the seven aliyahs, u'b'shabes shisha, and on Shabbos the six aliyahs. And he says, "Aim peichsemem, you're not allowed to take away from these aliyahs. Avom meisifin alein, you're allowed to add." So the question is, Mani, who's our Mishnah? I Rabbi Shmuel. If our Mishnah would be Rabbi Shmuel's opinion, Kashiya Taisefes. The question is, our Mishnah said you could add to the aliyahs. And this Braisa says you cannot add to the aliyas. I Rabakive, if this, if there would be Rabakiva's opinion, Kashi Shisha Vishiva. So the question is that the numbers are reversed. And our Mishnah says Yom Kippur is six and Shabbos is seven. And here it says the opposite according to Rabakiva. And says the Gemara, Amarave, Tana de Rabbi Shmolhi. Our Mishnah goes like the following opinion that that they learned in the Yeshiva Rabbi Shmol. The Tana de Rabbi Shmol. And Bishabbat Shiva, exactly the numbers like it says in our Mishnah. And here it also says, You don't minimize from these aliyahs. You could add to these aliyahs. So here, this Tanah Debe Rabbi Shmuel is exactly like a Mishnah. So if so, so we have a contradiction now in the opinion of Rabbi Shmuel. Before we quoted a Bryce saying that Rabbi Shmuel said that you cannot add to the aliyahs. And now he's saying you could. Answers the Gemara, he writes, Tre Tanoi Alibu de Rabbi Shmol. We have to say that there's two Tanoim that are saying differently according to the opinion of Rabbi Shmol. This thing, by the way, this is the halacha, that on Shabbos you're allowed to add to the aliyas. In the Velt, the Minig is on Shabbos, if there's, let's say, a Simcha, you have to give a lot of people aliyas, they add, Haisophis, more and more. But Minig Chabad is not to add to the aliyas. The Rebbe, this we write before Yud Shvat now, when the Rebbe gave the Irod and that everyone should get a, 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 a aliyah in Yud Shvat, so the Rebbe said that you should not add to any aliyahs. If they have to have more aliyahs, you should make other minyanim of Kriya Satayr. But never our minig is not to add to any of the aliyahs. I'm not sure what the Indian is. Maybe Mistamad has a significance to the number seven. There's a certain that we'll see soon. The Gemara is going to say the number seven has a, a source. It's not a, a random number. So Mistamad, maybe I'll pick Kabbalah also. There's a certain mile to the number of seven. I mean, after all, the number seven is connected to Shabbos as well. The Gemara doesn't say that here, though. Let's see. So the Gemara... Man, Tane, who is the Tane, Loha, the Tanya? For this that we learned in Abraise. Biyantif, Ma'achrin, Lovay. On Yantif, people come late to Shul. Why do they come late to Shul? So Rashi says, because people are busy on Yantif preparing the meal. On Yantif, you're allowed to do Malacha to prepare Eichel Nefesh. So they're preparing the meal in the morning, so they come late. 
Inter- the Mepharshim point out from here, the Pri says, from here you see an interesting thing. There's a Allah and Shulchan Aruch, the Alter Rebbe brings it as well, that Friday morning if you're going shopping for Shabbos, you're allowed to do your shopping even before Shachris. Usually you're not allowed to go shopping and think, do anything like that before you dive in Shachris. But if it's for the honor of a mitzvah, for, for going shopping for Shabbos, you're allowed to go even before Shachris. That's what's brought in Shulchan Aruch. So the Mepharshim say, oh, the source of it is right over here in the Gemara. Because they were before davening and they were preparing their meal. Why? Because it's for the purpose of Simchas Yamtif, Nefesh, so therefore they would come late to Shul. And then they would leave early from Shul because of the mitzvah of Simchas Yamtif to go and eat the meal. They would start the minion early. People would come earlier because you can't do any melacha and there's no eating whatsoever. And also they would delay to leave late. Why would they leave late? So the Gemara is going to suggest to say the reason they would leave late is because Yom Kippur has the most alias. Maybe this is the opinion of Rabbi Kiva that says that the seven alias and that's why they would leave late. As we'll see, the Gemara will say here. Now on Shabbos, they would come quickly earlier to shul in the morning because you're not allowed to do any malacha of Eichel Nefesh on Shabbos morning, so everything is prepared from before Shabbos. But they would go out quickly from shul because they would want to go to Eichel Shabbos, to be able to go and have the Suda. So says, let us say that this, that it says in the Braise, that a Yom Kippur, they would leave late from Shul. Why are they leaving late from Shul? This is Rabbi Kiva's opinion. Because he holds that there's an extra aliyah, and therefore they would leave the latest from all the, uh, all the other times when there's a more, most aliyahs. So the Gemara says, no, that's not the reason. It could even be Rabbi Shmuel's opinion that says that there's only six aliyahs a Yom Kippur. But the nafish sidura the yaymeh, the siddur, the things that you're davening, the things that you have to say on Yom Kippur on the day of Yom Kippur, there's much more things to daven on Yom Kippur. That's the reason why people finish davening on Yom Kippur later than any other day. It's not because of the aliyahs. So now the Gemara will explain the, the significance of these numbers of aliyahs. Hani, shloisha, chamisha, v'shiva, me. The number of aliyahs, whether it's three, whether it's five or seven, corresponding to what is this? And one that was with him argued about this. And who's this other individual? Others said this in the reverse, that Rabshim ben Pazi was more choshev. So they said, Rabshim ben Pazi argued, and there was one that was along with him. And who is that? So these two are arguing. What was the argument? It's corresponding to the number of words <coughs> that there is in Berches Kainim. Berches Kainim has three psukim in it. The first pasuk has three words, Yivarech Hashem Yishmerecha. The second pasuk has, uh, has five words in it. And the third pasuk has seven words in it. So it's corresponding to Berches Kainim. Chadomar, another said, Keneget Shloisha Shemrei Asaf. It's corresponding to the three that we find that are there as guards. This is Marashi mentions here. It's mentioned in the end of Sefer Malachim. And these are referring to the guards in the Beis Mikdash. So three guards. And then, there are five that are ministers that see the king every day, and Shiva and there are seven that see the king every day. In other words, there are really seven ministers that are very prominent and can see the kings every day. And from those seven, there are five that are even more prominent that, that are by the king every day. What's the source of this number five and seven that see the king every single day? So Rashi says, this is from the Megillah, where you see it says, Shiva's Sarei Paras Amadai, by 
So Taisus asks on Rashi, this is where we're taking a source for the number 5 and 7 for the Aliyahs of the Torah, being gave to the ministers by Ahasuerus. What connection does it have to the Indian of Torah? So the Mepharshim say that Rashi is just saying, just like you see by Ahasuerus, that that was the custom that there were 5 ministers and 7 ministers, it was the same also by Malchai Yisrael, by Yiddish kings, that they had 5 and 7 ministers that were on various prominent levels in front of the king. And corresponding to that, you have the number of the Aliyahs. Tanir of Yosef, so on a Braise, we learned like this second opinion here. Gimel, Hamisha, Veshiva, these three numbers are corresponding to what? Shloisha Shemri Asaf, the three the guards that were by the base of Mikdash, and Hamisha Mirayipne Melech, and Shiva Rayipne Melech, and five and seven of the ministers that were in front of the king. Amalei Abaye, so Abaye said to Rav Yosef that taught this, Ada Idna, until now, my time will be parishlan mar. Why didn't you ever explain us what's the significance of this number of the Aliyas? I didn't know that you were interested in knowing in the chat of this number of the Aliyas. Is there anything that you asked of me and I did not answer you? Just ask. It says, if you ask, I'll answer you. But you never asked me this question, so I never answered you. So, now we didn't explain one number, the number of the six Aliyas of Yom Kippur. So, Amalei Yaakov Mino, Lerav Yehude, Yaakov Mino says to Rav Yehude, Taisus actually changes the Gerser from Mino to Matzah. Usually the word Mino means a Min, an Apikaitis. So, Taisus says, if you would have been an Apikaitis, Rav Yehude wouldn't have answered him. But others say Mino does not mean an Apikaitis, Mino is just the name of a place. It came up with a place that had this name, Min. <laughs> the six Aliyahs of Yom Kippur, Keneged Mi, corresponding to what is it? Amalei, Sarav Yud explained to him, Keneged Shisha Sha'omdu Mi Minoy Shal Ezra, Vishisha Mismailai. When Ezra brought the Yidin Teretz Yisrael, so he said he took out a Sefer and he read from the Sefer there were six people that were standing on his right side, and there were six people standing on his left side. So corresponding to those number of people that stood there with him, we have six Aliyas on Yom Kippur. Shanem Apostik says, Vayamed Ezra Seifer al-Migdol Eitz. He stood on a platform, a wooden platform. Asha Asul Ledova that they made for this. Vayamed Etzlai. And then it stood near him on his right side. Matisya, Shema, Vaniya, Vauriya, Vachalakya, Vachilkiya, Umaysiya. Al-Yemina, that's on his right side. Smaila in his left side, who stood together with him. So you have Padia. Say over here, you pronounce these names: Padoya, Mishal, Malkia, Choshum, Chashbadna, Zcharia, and Meshulam. So the Gemara now asks regarding the people that are on the left side: Hani Shivav, there are seven here. So the Gemara answer is no, it's not seven because Hainu Zcharia, Hainu Meshulam. The last two names are the same person. Why was Zechariah called Meshulam? Because he's complete with his actions. He was a Tzadik Gomer. And the Mepharshim say that you see it also in the Lashon of the Pasuk. By all the other names, it says a Vav in front of their name. But by, by Zechariah Meshulam, it doesn't say a Vav by the name Meshulam. Because Meshulam is just a nickname for Zechariah. Anybody could be included in the Aliyah for the seven aliyahs in the Sefer Sefer Teir, Vafila Cotton, even a child under Bar Mitzvah, obviously has to be someone that knows that I read from the Teir, but Vafila Isha, even a woman as well. Aval, Amru Chachamim, however, the Chachamim said, Isha Leitikre Betaira. A woman should not read from the Teir, Mipnei Kovet Tzibur. Because of the honor of the Tzibur, it's not honorable for the Tzibur when a woman reads. Others say also that the reason is because Kael Beisha Erva, the woman reading with the melody from the song from the Taira, is, is uh, Erva. It's actually it's, uh, a little bit of a pella that the Gemara doesn't bring that reason here. Kupanim, huh? I mean, I feel Yeah, yeah. 
Interesting. So th- there is actually a discussion in Mepharshim regarding what the Gemara here says, because the Lashon of the Gemara is Shiva. We're talking here about <coughs> Shabbos, when there are seven aliyahs. So the question is, is the Gemara Dafka choosing Shiva, but on a weekday, a cotton cannot be called up for the third aliyah when there's only three aliyahs? Or no, the Gemara is talking about Shiva, but the same would apply even to a regular day when there's only three aliyahs, that the cotton could be called up for that third aliyah. So it's a machlekes amongst Mepharshim about this. Either way, our minik today is not to call up a cotton to the Teira, and only for Mafter, which is not part of the Shiva Kruim, as we'll see here in the continuation of the Gemara, a cotton could be called up for Mafter, even though even that we don't really do today. Kopanim, here the Gemara asks a question about Mafter. I mean, after, after the yeah, yeah, today. After what, Mafter? Yeah. Damas is in the Welt, Mafter. I don't know if Mafter is considered the Chashev Staliyah. In Lubavitch, Mafter is considered the Chashev Staliyah. The Al-Tarebi used to get Mafter. So therefore, I once heard that because the Alter Rebbe was the youngest amongst Talmud, I'm not sure if this is true, the Alter Rebbe was the, the, the Talmud, of the youngest Talmud of the Talmudia Magid, so they gave him the least Chashev Staliyah, which was Mafter. So from then, it became the Chashev Staliyah to get Mafter in, in Lubavitch. Maybe I'm not sure if this has a, a true Makar or not. But the Pashtas, as we'll see over here, in the Hemshul Gemara, Mafter is not even part of the real number of the Kruim, the people that are reading from the Torah. It's not, it's not a Chashev Aliyah. Even a cotton could get mafter. Yeah, the Rebbe always used to get mafter. All the Rabbeim always got mafter and so on. So it's by us it's considered to be the Chashev Staliyah. So what's the story though with this mafter? The question was asked. Mafter Mafter, is he part of the seven? Right? Do you have seven? So mafter reads the last part of the parsha as part of the seven. Or no, it's not part of the seven. Maybe the mafter is another Aliyah after the seven. So Rafuna Rav Yirmiyah they argued about this. One says that the mafter goes is, is part of the seven. And the other opinion said the mafter is not part of those seven. He's, he's an additional aliyah after the seven. So the Gemara explains this machlekes. The one that says that he's part of the seven, the hakari, he's, he's reading from the Torah. So if he's reading from the Torah, why shouldn't he be part of the seven? So he should read the last part of the Torah, of the parasha. The one that says that he's not part of the Aliyah, he's not part of the seven, this follows Ola's opinion. Because Ola said, So the question is, the person that says the Avtaira, why is it the Minig that the person that says the Avtaira also gets an Aliyah to read from the Taira? Let, let's have seven people read from the Taira and then call up an eighth person to just say the Avtaira without reading from the Taira. Why does he have to read from the Taira as well? Again, So the answer is, This is to show honor for the Teire. You shouldn't have the person that's reading the Avteire, that he's an eighth person, that's equivalent to the other seven that read from the Teire. Seven read from the Teire, and one more that reads the Havteire. No, you want to show that the person that's reading the Havteire has to first read from the Teire itself, and only after he reads from the Teire itself, only then could he read from the Havteire. So that gives an honor to the Teire. So So since the only reason he's being called up is for the covet of the Teire, So therefore he's not counted as part of the number of seven. It's a separate Indian. It's just to express the covet of the Teire, but he's not part of the minion of the seven that read the parsha of that week. So this is the Machlaikis here. Okay, so the Gemara brings a question on this. I mean, if you, there's a long thesis here, the bottom of the page, where thesis discusses the way our minig is today. 
What do we do today? The Aliyah, the Mafter, is not part of the seven. He's an eighth person. But there's another detail the way we do the Minik today. The man that reads the Aftayra does not read anything more. He doesn't read an extra part or the, from the next parsha or something more. He just reads, he repeats over again <coughs> from what was already read before. So Taisa says, today our Minik is that you say Kaddish. You say Kaddish after the Kriya Satayra in order to separate from the Kriya Satayra to the Mafter. So we say Kaddish in between. So once you say Kaddish, so therefore you don't continue the Kriya Satayra. You just read over some of the Sukkim that you read before. In the time of the Gemara, apparently it wasn't yet the Minig to, uh, to say any Kaddish after the Kriya Satayra. Between the Kriya Satayra and the Mafter, it's that the Gemara doesn't mention it over here. Another interesting thing that Taisa speaks about is, why don't you do on Shabbos similar to what you do every Yom Tov? Every Yom Tov you take out a second Sefer Teira and you read the part in the Teira where it talks about the Karbanis Musav that you bring on a Yom Tov. So you should do the same on every Shabbos. You should take out the Sefer Teira and read the part in the Parshas Pinchas, where it talks about the Karbanis of Shabbos. Taisa says you don't do that because it only has two psukim. We already learned before that you can't uh, read two psukim just from two psukim alone. Okay, let's continue inside the Gemara. The Gemara has a question on this. Meisvei, the question is, it says regarding Haftaira. How long does Haftaira have to be? Hamafter benavi, when you say the Haftaira, it shouldn't be shorter than 21 psukim. Why? Corresponding to seven people that read from the Taira, and seven times three, each Ali has to be at least three, uh, three psukim. <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> so that is 21. If you're going to say that you have the person reading for the mafter, he's not part of the seven. He reads another three psukim. So that's eight times three. It should be 24 psukim. So the aftayr should be no shorter than 24 psukim. So the Gemara answer is no, even according to that opinion. Since the eighth person that's reading the aftayr, he's not part of the seven krum. You say kadesh in between. And then he reads, he's not part of the number of seven. So connect the Namilai boy. Corresponding to him, you don't have to have the number of the psukim in the Aftaira that you read. You only have to have connect the seven kruim, which is 21 psukim in the Aftaira. Okay, so now what comes up from this? Here we have a new concept that the Aftaira has to be at least 21 psukim long. Is that the case? The Aftaira is always 21 psukim long. This is Aftaira of Parshis Tzav, I believe. So Lahavian Esrim, it's not 21 Vachad, it's not 21 Psukim, I think it's 19 Psukim. The Karina, and we read this Aftari even less than 21 Psukim. So the Gemara answer is Shani Hosom, the Salik in Yona. Over there it's different because that Aftari that we read, which is the Aftari that's Me'ain, the same subject of the Parsha, that subject is only 19 Psukim. And after it's done, it's done, so therefore we have nothing more to read. But usually, if you can, it should be at least 21 Psukim. And if it's a Haftaira where the Indian is not finished, do you have to always read 21 Psukim? Rav Shmuel Barabbe, Rav Shmuel Barabbe said, Zimnin Sagiyin, many times, I was standing in front of Rav Yechenen, and when I read 10 Psukim, Omar told me, 10 is enough. So we see that after 10 Psukim, you don't have to read Haftaira any longer than that. So the Gemara says, Makim Shiyesh Turgaman Shani. 
in a time, and then in those times when they would read from the Avtaire, so they were each Pasik, there would be someone that translated each Pasik that you read, that's different. So after 10, it's enough. If there's no one translating, so then the minimum you should read is 20 Mamsukim. But if there's a Torgeman, so because this takes up too much time, and Rashi here says there's a Tircha for the Tzibur, people are waiting to go home to be able to eat. So therefore, in such a case, after 10 Psukim, it's enough. So the Mepharshim say, why 10? Because the 10 Psukim, each one is translated, so that's like 20. And then, when you finish translating, you read a, a Pasuk again. You always want to finish off with the actual Pasuk of the Avtaitis, so that's 21. So therefore, when you're translating, 10 is enough. Here the Mishnah is going to give a list of things that could only be done with a minion. You cannot be paitis al shema. The literal translation means to say part of, the, to, to break it into two. When you break, like when you break bread, when you break the shema into two, what this refers to is, as Rashi explains, people that did not come on time for the minion to hear the Kaddish and the Baruch and the Berchus Kriya Shema. So then what, what could they do? Ten people can get together. They say Kaddish and they say Baruch and the first bracha of Yaitzer just to, to be able to hear Kaddish, Baruch and the first bracha of Birchus Kriyeshma. They say this together. So you can't do this unless you have a minion. You don't have a Shliach Tzibur davening for the Yomud and then doing Chazara Sashats without a minion. You don't do Birchus Kainim without a minion either. You don't read from the Tayra without a minion. You don't say half Tayra without a minion. You don't do Maimed or Maishav. This refers to the people that are carrying the Mitah, the, the coffin. Of, uh, the, by a Levaya. So the minig is that they would walk and stop, walk and stop seven times. And every time they walked and stopped, there was the person that was in charge. You can want to mention over here, person in charge would say, Imdu, you caught him, Imdu, honorable one, stand, Yishuvu, or sit. So you only use this expression and you only do this if there's ten people. And also, you don't say the bracha for Avelim, which the Gemara will explain what this is, and the tanchumi Avelim, and also tanchumi Avelim, if there's no ten. Also the bracha for chasanim, this is the sheva brachis, as you say, by a, by a chuppe, by a chasanim, by sheva brachis, if there's no ten mid people. And you don't do the, the zimun, when you say Rabbi Samuel and then you, you say Yishem, in order to say Debish's name, Pachas Masada, so Pachas Masada goes on everything. You don't do any of these without 10 people. Ubekakois, when you have pieces of land that you made hektish and you want to redeem it. So when you come to redeem a piece of land of hektish, so there has to be Tisha, nine Yidin. They don't have to be Kayanim, nine Yidin, Vikayan. You have to have one Kayan. So you have to have 10 people and one of them a Kayan. And for Adam, the same thing is also with a person that you want to redeem him from Hektish, Kayetzeben, the same thing also. There has to be nine Yidin there with a Kayan. <coughs> from where do we know that you have to have a minion? So we're going back to the first thing in the Mishnah that it said, in person al Shema, that if you want to say Kaddish, Baruchu, so how do you know that this has to have a minion? Because the says, My name is sanctified amongst the Yidin. So what's this number? What does B'teich mean? Anytime you're saying a Dovisha B'gdusha, like Kedusha, Kaddish and so on, you have to have 10 people. How do you know that B'teich is 10? 
My mashma, where do you see this? The Tanya Rabchia, so Rabchia says, we learn it out as follows. Asya, toich, toich. I learn out the expression of toich that it says here from the expression of toich that it says in another Pasuk. Ksiv hocha v'nigdashtu b'seich b'nei Yisrael, that I'm sanctified amongst the Eden. Oksiv hasam, by the Miraglam it says, hibadlu mitoich ha'eda, separate from within this congregation. How many people were there, the Miraglam? Ten. The twelve Miraglam besides Yeshua and Kalif. And Vaasya Eida Eida, there it says the term Eida. The Chsiv Hasam Admasai La Eida Harazais. So Malala Nasara, just like over there, a congregation, so it's ten people. So Afkan Asara, over here as well, it's ten people. So the Rebbe once spoke about this in the Sikha, that it's a huge Pella. The Mepharshim actually speak about it too, that we're learning out the source of the entire concept of a minion of Fardavish Bigdusha comes from where? From the Miraglim, which were the What's the reason for this? So the simple Pshat, and the Rebbe brings it also in the beginning of the Sikha, is because this is coming to show you that every single Yid could be included in a minion. Doesn't matter if he's a Tzadik or a Rasha. In fact, the word Sibur is the Rasha Tevis, Tzadik, Beninim, and Rashaim. Every Yid could be included in a minion. Yisrael Af Yisraelu. But then the Rebbe says that the emissaries that the Meraglim from here is the Raya to the, what the Alter Rebbe says in Lakut Teire that the Meraglim were big tzaddikim bamis and they had a very deep kavana when they wanted to stay in the midbar it's because they wanted to stay to learn Teire to be secluded from Elam Haza they were in a very high darga obviously in the end they made a mistake but the emissaries mitzad their level of who they were they had a big big chukke to be closer to the Ebishter by staying in the midbar that's why we could learn it out from them. Now, it's, it's not clear in the Gemara, this Indian of saying the Davisha Bikdusha with 10 people, what exactly is going on. Some say it only goes on personal Shema, the first thing in the Mishnah. Others say it goes on and also regarding a Shliach Tzibur, regarding Bechas Kayanim, and regarding reading from the Torah, and regarding Haftarah as well. Because the Gemara goes right afterwards to the Maimed Meshav by Elavaya. Let's see. Dr. Gemara, that when they were carrying the coffin and they, have to, they, they would stop and they would go. So this is only with 10 people. What's the reason? The Minig was, the one that was in charge over there by the Leviah, so he would say to them, Honorable people, stand. And then he would say, And he would say, Honorable people that are carrying him, sit down. In other words, basically the way the minig was by Leviah, they would carry him and then they would stop. They would say a hespid, they would continue going, then they would stop and say a hespid. So they didn't just take the, the mess and, and bury him immediately. It was a well, process, slow. So because this lotion is used, you cut him, so this term of you cut him, honorable ones that are carrying the mess, this is a term that's only used when you have 10 people. What is the Birchas Avelim? Birchas Rechava. This is a bracha that would be said when the Avelim, they came back from the Leviah. So the minig was that they ate outside in the street, the first Suda that they ate. And over there, there was a special bracha that they would say for the Avelim. And there was a special bracha that they would also say for the people that came to be Menachem Avel. So this special bracha, both for the Avelim and for the people being Menachem, is only said when there's 10 people. The bracha for the Avelim is only with 10 people. The Avelim are not part of the Minyan. Because there's a special bracha that said for the Menachemim, for the people that came to console separately for them, and the Avelim can't be part of that Minyan. And then there's a bracha that they said for the Avelim. Rashi over here brings the bracha. There's a bracha, there's a bracha they said for the Menachemim. The lotion of the bracha was Baal uh, Hagvul. Balagmul that is. Balagmul Yishalom Lachem Gmulchem Atoyv. The Ebesha should pay you for coming to be Menachem Oval. And then for the Avelim, they also said a bracha. Achenu Bal Nechomis Yenachem Eschem. So they said a special bracha for the Menachemim. 
and a special bracha for the Yavelim. So that should only be with ten. Birches chasanim basada, and then when you say the bracha by by a chasan by the v'sheva brachas, it's also with ten people of a chasanim and a minion. The chasan the chasanim could be part of the minion. Next thing it said was b'shem that is with Abish's name to say lekenu. It's not less than ten people. What's the reason? Kivin the boy on the varach lelekenu because you're mentioning Abish's name. It's not customary to mention Abish's name by benching without ten people. So this is different than before. Before we were talking about a davisha bigdusha, like saying kaddish berchesashatz. This is not in the category of davisha bigdusha. You're just mentioning Abish's name, but nevertheless, it should be with a minion. When you are redeeming a land that was part of Hektish, so you have to have nine Yidin, Yisraelim, Vikayin, and one Kayin. The same is also when you redeem a person from Hektish. So, where do you see that you could have nine, you have to have a minion, and you have nine Yisraelim and one Kayin? And really, what's the source for this? Shmuel says, When you look in the Parsha, this is in Parsha's Bechu Kaisai, when it talks about redeeming things from Hektish, it mentions the term Kayanim or Kayan 10 times. Why does it say the term Kayan 10 times there? So, the first time it says Kayan is for the point itself to say that you need a Kayan there to evaluate the field in order to know it's to how much to redeem it for. So, that's the first time. Now the idach, all the other nine times that it says the term kain have a miut achamiut. So over here, this is what's called a miut achamiut. The first time the Torah writes kain, it's saying I need, you need a kain. You can't have a yisrael. You can't have a levi. You must have a kain. When the when the Torah writes again kain, so that it's excluding it a second time. It's excluding Yisraelim again. There's a klal. Anytime you have a double exclusion in the Torah, it means that it's a ribu. It means that it's coming to be marba. That's a klal. The reason for this klal, whatever the reason is, but that's the klal. Anytime you have a double exclusion, it comes to add and say actually that you could have a Yisrael. So therefore I say, The first time it writes Kayin, it's coming to exclude Yisraelim. So that means you must have that one Kayin. All the other times that it writes Kayin, it's already an added miyot, so therefore it's coming to say that you, might, that you could have another nine Yisraelim there. That's the source. So again, where are we here? That's what it comes out. No, it's actually not a good source. If you look at the miyutim of the Pasuk, so you should say as follows. The first time the Torah is writing a miyut, it must be a kayin, not any Yisrael. The second time, it's a miyut achamiyut. See here it's coming to say you could have even a Yisrael. Then it comes the third time it says kayin. Here it actually has to tell you that you must have a kayin. So here the, the third time kayin is not a miyut achamiyut. And the same thing the fifth time and the seventh time, they're not a miyut achamiyut. So therefore it comes out that you have five times that when it says kain, it has to say kain, and five times when it says it, it's a miyut achamiyut. So it should be five and five. So the Gemara Kashya, the Gemara does not answer this question. Last point over here, the Gemara says, Adam same thing when you come to redeem a person from Hektish, you have to have nine Yisraelim and one kain. What's the source for this? What's this concept of Adam mi Kaddish, could a person become part of Hektish? Where do you find such a concept? Amr Rabbavo says, it doesn't mean the person became hectish. But Aymer Dami Alai. What we're talking about is when a person takes upon himself, he says, I'm going to give my value to hectish. The Tanya Aymer Dami Alai. Person that says that my value I will give to hectish. Shaman Aysayk. Eved, you have to evaluate his value, how much it would be sold as a slave in the marketplace. And, as, and when you do that evaluation, you have to have a minion there. 
Because the Eved is Kish le Karkois. The Eved is compared to a piece of land. There's a Pasik that says regarding the Eved Kanani that you will inherit. This Eved Kanani to your children. And you're inheriting it like a piece of land. So therefore when a person takes upon himself his own value to give it to Hektish, it's compared to a piece of land. And you have to have a coin there to evaluate him. And you have to have a minion there when this evaluation takes place. Okay, man.